This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest with me, Lim Su and T. Xiao Eek. Today we're discussing a proposal to build a road across the Sha'alam community forest, which is being vehemently opposed by many stakeholders, and this is including residents of the area, environmentalists, and nature lovers who frequent the forest for desperately needed recreation. So the small but important community forest serves as a water catchment area. It is a critical ecological corridor and it still homes many endangered species such as the Malay. So we'll be finding out what went down at a recent intense and eventful public hearing session about this case last week at the Shah Alam City Council headquarters. Yes, and we want to hear from you. You know, are you aware of these plans by the Shah Alam City Council to build a road across the Shah Alam community forest? Uh, and tell us what you think about them. Uh, so you can take uh, a poll that we have uh, with that question on our Twitter account at BFM Radio. You can also WhatsApp us your thoughts at 018 Seven eight nine double eight double nine. Yeah, so we've been following this case since last year and that's when the Shah Alam City Council released its draft local plan or draft rancangan tempatan 2035 for public consultation and that draft highlighted a plan to build a road right across the Shah Alam community forest linking Satya Alam and Banda Nusaru. So this proposed road will likely permanently destroy about two hectares of pristine rainforest and mm. everything in it. So for those who are unfamiliar with the Shah Alam community forest, it is one of the last remaining remaining urban forests in Selangor and it's situated in Satya Alam, Shah Alam, um, a diverse range of flora and fauna call it home and this includes you know, majestic lowland dipterocarp rainforest trees and also endangered gibbons and tapirs as well. Mm, and so, you know, for that reason the area is a beloved hiking destination for nature-starved Malaysians as well. It's packed with visitors on weekends, including families with young children, um, you know, who go uh, hiking for some exercise or just to get some much-needed nature based therapy, especially during these times, right? Mm. And interestingly, the forest has also been used as a teaching and learning zone uh, for uh, students from primary school all the way to university level. Now, uh, that aside, the Shah Alam Community Forest also forms a critical wildlife corridor that connects the two remaining patches of Bukit Chiraka Forest Reserve. So the long-term ecological viability of the plant and animal communities in the Bukit Chiraka Forest Reserve depends largely on maintaining and enhancing functional connectivity between the north and south of the reserved. And this can only be achieved by retaining the remaining largest and most important patch of unprotected forest. That's the Shah Alam Community Forest. And sadly, now the authorities want to clear that for a road and a cemetery. Mm. And so the Shah Alam Community Forest Society, which is a non-governmental organisation, was officially formed back in March 2016 to attempt to save and gazette this precious forest from any development. So they've been campaigning to keep this area safe and it was really through their efforts that we heard about this plan by the Shah Alam City Council to build a road through this 400-acre forest and turn a portion of it into a cemetery. Now, just to be clear though, the forest is currently owned by the Slango State Government who owns um, 130 acres of the area and the Slango State Development Corporation or PKNS owns the other 300 acres of the area. So this area is said to be at risk of commercial development. Ah, but there's a plot twist 
twist there because mm. in March, a new study by the Sha'alam Community Forest Society found that the area had actually been wrongly designated as development land and that it is in fact still part of the remaining Bukit Sharaka Forest Reserve and had not yet been excised by the Selangor State Government. So, you know, this new finding means that under existing laws, this actually this area is actually still a permanent forest reserve or Hutan Simpanan Kekal and it actually cannot be developed without first undergoing due public consultations to change its status. So um, following this revelation, uh, SACF um, Society's lawyers submitted a letter and detailed findings of this matter to the Selangor State Secretary and Selangor Forestry Department back in November 2020. And they're urging the Selangor State Government to acknowledge the error of designating the Shah Alam Community Forest as development land and instead to acknowledge the rightful status of it as a prominent forest reserve and to keep it protected in perpetuity for the Rakyat. Mm, and that brings us to the events of last week, which took place on the 8th of April. So the MBSA had scheduled a public hearing for objections to the development plans. And this was actually the first public hearing held following the feedback exercise that had been conducted um, between August and September last year. Now, some problems unfortunately emerged from that hearing. Um, first of all, members of the press who wanted to cover the hearing were barred from doing so. Um, this was quite mystifying mm. to many as the event was touted as a public hearing and is a matter of public interest. Council officers, however, said it was not uh, open for media coverage. And in a statement to Malaysia Kini, Selangor Executive Councillor, who's in charge of the local government, public transport and new village development committee, Ng Zihan, said that the event is in fact a closed-door affair. Mm. So um, following that, media watchdogs like the Centre for Independent Journalism slammed the move, saying that, and I quote, Preventing the media from reporting is tantamount to the council not being transparent in the disclosure of information that is a matter of public interest. Mm. So later that night, the council released a statement saying that the session was based on invitations to stakeholders, individuals and agencies, including NGOs that have submitted official objections and feedback to development plans under the MBSA Local Draft Plan 2035. The sessions were also conducted in accordance with tight standard operating procedures that take Take into account the size of the hall, which ensured physical distancing and limited the number of individuals allowed into the hall. So that was the statement from MBSA. But, you know, according to a report in Malaysia Kini, this statement doesn't explain why when local residents attempted to assist the media by proposing that they could enter the session as representatives for those who were not present... Mm -hmm. MBSA officers actually allowed it, although on the condition that the session was not to be reported. And uh, in fact, MBSA officers reportedly also told journalists to surrender their recording devices. Hmm. So that was one issue. But then at the hearing itself, only four people were allowed to speak and voice their concerns to the authorities. Hmm. So this was protest uh, protested by the stakeholders who had been allowed to attend. Uh, attend and following that, only three additional people were allowed to speak. Hmm. So those who did manage to get their points across to the authorities included representatives from the Shah Alam Community Forest Society, um, Treat Every Environment Special or TREES, uh, the Malaysian Nature Society and Pertubuhan Pelindung Kazana Alam Malaysia or PUKA. Uh, so after this quick break, we are actually going to speak um, to one of the representatives from Shah Alam Community Forest Society, Alicia Tio, who is the founder and secretary and she did manage to have her points raised at the hearing uh, and we will be asking her about what went down um, during the hearing session. Hmm. But we'll be right back for more on the Shah Alam Community Forest here on the Daily Digest. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9.
Welcome back to the Daily Digest with Lim Su and N.T. Shaoik. We are continuing with our coverage on the Sha'alam Community Forest and the plans by the Sha'alam Municipal, Municipal Council or MBSA to build a road through the 400-acre forest and turn a portion of it into a public cemetery. So many stakeholders who want to keep this forest intact were invited to a public hearing last Thursday uh, where they voiced their opposition to the development plans. And one of them is Alicia Teo, the founder and secretary of the Sha'alam Community Forest Society and her organisation has been a vocal opponent since these plans emerged. Alicia joins us on the line now to give us a first-hand account of what happened at last week's hearing. Um, welcome, Alicia. Thanks so much for speaking to us. So this was the first public hearing following the feedback exercise, right? Um, who was invited to attend? All right. So last year, um, MBSA held the public feedback exercise. It was an online uh, exercise and everyone who objected to or, or submitted an objection uh, are entitled to attend this hearing. However, they must have indicated that they are interested to attend when during the submission. So those who indicated that they are interested to attend the hearing, they will receive an invitation to attend. Yeah. Mm. So who was chairing the event and who else was attending aside from the activists? All right. So when we entered the meeting hall, um, the chairperson was the local government exco, YB Ng Zihan. And uh, apart from him, there were several, quite a large number of people actually. Uh, but I only recognized a few. Um, I, I saw the environmental uh, exco, YB Hilosen was there. And uh, the Pengara Jabatan Perancangan, Puan Aniza, as well as representatives of um, for Pejabat Daira and Tana Petaling PDG. Apart from that, uh, I did not recognize anyone. There were a lot of people there that were not from our group. If I'm not mistaken, at least 50 people from MBSA and the relevant agencies. Mm. So this was supposed to be a public hearing, am I correct? And we know what eventually happened. Uh, so was there a reason given for it being a closed-door meeting in the end? No, actually, we only knew when right before we entered the meeting hall. Uh, prior to that, we were all waiting in uh, a waiting hall uh, because there was 12 other issues that, uh, that were going to be objected on that day. So we were separated into groups and when it's our turn, we were called downstairs to the meeting hall. And uh, right at the door, we were told and we were warned that we cannot take any photos, we cannot uh, record anything. And that's when we knew that, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> it's not so public after all. Hmm. So how many of you were allowed in finally? Okay, so everyone who replied that they were going to attend, I mean, those who received the invitation, Everyone who showed up uh, was allowed in. We were all of us were allowed to participate. However, only four. We were told that only four of us would be allowed to speak or ask questions. Right when we entered the hall, there was a table with four chairs, and because um, a friend of ours attended the earlier session, so she told us that she she actually warned us. She said only four people are allowed, and uh, that we should organize ourselves so when we entered and saw the four chair um we really knew who was going to go for it and we just ran for the chair <laughs> so uh well, we, we were hoping that other people will be allowed to speak to because um they they kind of like hinted you know the, the mbsa officers are saying that oh uh we will give other people opportunity to speak however once four of us have 
uh, said our piece, uh, when the fifth person wanted to talk, uh, you know, the, the, the chairperson suddenly said, hey, no, no more, no four is the max. And then everyone got really upset. <laughs> and I don't blame them because they came all the way to the, the hearing. They, they didn't come all the way just to be spectators. You know, they have something to say and they want to voice out their concerns. And yet they were not given the opportunity. And um, the reason was given that there was insufficient time. But the four was only took about maybe 15 minutes. So there should be more time for other people to talk. Yeah, I mean, I saw on the schedule that we were, our session was allocated at least one and a half hours, you know. I don't understand why why we, all of us, in fact, can't say something. So we, we kind of uh, protested and eventually uh, three more people were allowed to talk. So total seven, about seven people were allowed to talk before uh, they ended the meeting. We also know that members of the press who had come to the hearing on the day weren't allowed in, even though it was a public hearing. Now, was there a reason given for this at the time? So I wasn't aware of that until the meeting was over. When, I, when we exited the hall, that's when I uh, bumped into one of the reporters. That's how I knew. So we were not aware of that the media people came and were not allowed to go in. Yeah. I don't know um, whether this is a typical thing, but I think it's not right. I think that this issue should not be held in secret. <laughs> it should not be discussed in secret because it involves people. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Especially as this is a matter of public interest. Um. All right. Can you now remind us what uh, about what is being planned for this area based on MBSA's local draft plan, twenty thirty five. Yeah, so in that plan, um, the state land portion of Sha'alam Community Forest. So this forest actually is has two parts. One is uh, privately owned land, uh, owned by KNS. And the other part uh, is supposedly state land. So this this part of it, uh, when the plan was released, there is a proposal for a link road between Sati Alam and Section U10. Apart from that, this entire state land was designated as cemetery land. So that caused a lot of uproar among the community. For the cemetery part, the, the, the people who were upset about it were the residents that were living right next to the forest, the Tier Eco Park residents, and I think the Bandanusaru residents as well, I'm not sure. So as for the road, it really affects the forest trails. You know, the road would technically just destroy everything in its path, including the lake, including the uh, main trail, which um, hundreds of people frequented, frequent every week. Not only that, it will fragment the forest again. It's already, the Bukit Charaka Forest Corridor is already fragmented by Tiara Mokhtadahari. So this additional road will fragment it further and yeah, there are many implications and consequences. And can you now walk us through all the points that you and the rest who were allowed to speak raised at the meeting to contest these plans? So we questioned the panel on the legitimacy of the road. We wanted to know who wanted the road. You know, we wanted to know why was it necessary. Because there's already uh, an existing road that links City Alam to Section U10 that was built in 2019. And, and, and that road also 
destroyed a small portion of the forest. So we were asking why. Why is it necessary to have another road? And we also questioned what benefits can such a road bring and is it more than the benefits that preserving a community forest uh, would bring? If, if you know, can, can that road actually provide ecological services to the people like um, flood mitigation, you know, um, lower under temperature, uh, countless of nature services that a forest provides to people that, that we cannot put a price tag to. And also, can this forest, uh, can, can the road actually provide a, a space where the community can, that can get together, you know, and, you know, hike and de-stress? And can the road actually provide a, an educational platform where we can, uh, you know, uh, expose nature in its pristine state to the next generation and to be used as a teaching forest? It can't. So we were asking whether the road is really beneficial to the people other than providing a connection from point A to point B. That's all it does. And another thing we are concerned about the road is that the road is always a, a precursor to development. Once the road goes in, there's no telling what else will suddenly pop up. You see, that forest status is Tanakrajaan, meaning that it can't be used for commercial purposes, but everything else, you know a cemetery, a community hall, sports center, I don't know. But the point is that once the road goes in, the battle will have been pretty much lost you know, to, to protect that part of the forest. So we talked about that, and uh, Dr. Tipmin, of course, raised the issue of the legal status of the forest and the fact that, based on our study, that there is no gazettement notice for the extinction of that forest from the Bukit Charka Forest Reserve. So... It basically means that uh, Shala Community Forest is still a permanent forest reserve. So MNF uh, concurred by saying that if that's the case, uh, then it is an environmentally sensitive area, a rank one, a water catchment area that cannot be developed, you know. So that we, we, we actually discussed at length about that. And then uh, supporters from Perker and Trees mentioned about the serious impact on wildlife. From the fragmentation of this forest, uh, including tapirs and gibbons, you know, at least these animals are endemic to, to this part of the uh, of Selangor and also to the Bukit Charaka Forest Reserve. In fact, um, since the Sierra Mukta Dari was built, about more than 12 tapirs were killed along the road trying to cross it, cross over. And uh, tapirs are not just an icon, you know, for Malaysia. They, you know, apart from being an endangered species, but they play a very important role in seed disposal for large trees. You know, that every creature has an important role to play. And if we fragment the forest even further, uh, we're talking about extinction, you know. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the crux of what we spoke about. Mm. And did you receive any response or feedback to all these points that were raised uh, on, the de- on the day of the hearing itself? Okay, so the only thing that we actually heard from them about is uh, about the legal status of the forest. In fact, um, Kajabat uh, Dairat Danapadaring said that in 2002, this forest or uh, Shalom Community Forest was apparently degazetted. But we questioned, uh, we asked for the documents and uh, they couldn't produce it. In fact, it's not the first time we spoke to them about this. In fact, we have contacted 
Jabatan Bukhana as well. However, they also could not show us the document, the proof, uh, evidence that this forest has been properly degazetted. So based on this, uh, from, from this discussion, uh, Waibiki Leoisian actually said that it is probable that the forest, uh, Shalom Community Forest and several uh, forests around the area has not been excised properly because he said that he encountered a similar situation with the Bukit Lagong situation. It is very similar to us where everybody thought that it, is, uh, it has already been excised, but in reality it has not. So now they are going through the public consultation process that is required in Slango forestry law to you know, de a forest reserve. So uh, another thing is um, YB Ng Zihan said that MBSA will conduct a thorough uh, in-depth investigation on this matter. They will uh, discuss with or they will check with Japatan Putana on the legal status of Shalang Community Forest and get back to us. So if, if indeed the forest is still a forest reserve, permanent forest reserve, then there cannot be any form of development in the forest until or unless the status has been changed. And uh, that will require public hearing, public review. But we are fairly confident from our, our own investigation that there is no gazette notification for the extinction of this forest. So we hope the MBSA will, will do the due check and uh, we will just hope that uh, we can resolve this issue as soon as possible. Now, I know that the SACF Society has prepared a better alternative plan for the forested land in question. Can you share that plan with us, Alicia? Okay, so during the hearing, we proposed a better plan, better than a road and cemetery. Uh, we propose to uh, protect this forest as a community-managed forest reserve. And what that means is that the community will work with the government agency to manage this forest to benefit the wider population, the wider community. And that means uh, to use this forest as a wildlife sanctuary, including um, building a forest corridor, or a wildlife crossing, actually, between the uh, Subangdam Forest in the north and Shalam Community Forest. This also includes habitat restoration, species rehabilitation, and of course, we propose to use the forest as a nature education site where schools can organize visits, you know, uh, learning guided nature walks. And also, we can have community activities in there, like trail management, trail maintenance. We are also going to propose a field study and search center to, to invite um, researchers to study the impacts of urban forest, uh, urbanization and you know, community forests. Apart from that, of course, um, we would like the, the forest to be accessible to the public for hiking, cycling, nature walks, forest bathing. Uh, it has been proven that um, walking in nature is so beneficial to people, you know, so much so that uh, countries are actually designating forests as um, healing places, you know. So hope that uh, MBAs will take our proposal seriously and um, yeah, to think of the best interests of the people. You know? A road can only get you from point A to point B, but a forest can do so, so much more and it will keep giving uh, generations after generations. <laughs> mm. 
For sure. And now that this hearing um, has been completed, do you know what's going to happen next? Um, we are cautiously optimistic that MBSC will do what they claim they, they will do. And uh, we will wait for their findings. But at the same time, we will continue to pursue a meeting with the uh, Slanger State Secretary because uh, we actually tried getting a meeting with them since November. We've sent several letters and uh, so far, they've not been forthcoming. So we're going to keep pursuing that with our lawyers. By the way, we, we are being supported by the uh, Malaysian Bar Council Environment and Climate Change Committee. So they, they are helping us with this. And uh, it's a testament of uh, how serious we are and how um, uh, urgent this case is. We are also supported by the UNDP Global Environment Fund for this effort. So we have international support and we have, you know, support from the legal community in Malaysia. We don't want to go down the legal course, but if we have to, we will, because we need to do all we can to protect this virus. That is rightfully ours. Mm. Alicia, remind us again why you are championing the protection of the forest here. What are we at risk of losing should the development go through as far as you are concerned? So the unique thing about Sha'alam Community Forest is it is an urban forest. This thing called urban forest is quite new. It's actually an emerging trend because of rapid urbanization. As we build more and as the city grows, natural forests or natural spaces are being replaced by concrete ones. So even more reason why we must protect whatever little more natural forest spaces they can. You know, um, I have this problem every, every time talk about our forest, they will ask us, uh, the, you know, the government agency will ask us, how big is it? What is the size? You know, uh, you know and when we tell them, oh, it's, uh, you know, the forest for the community is 400 acres and they'll be like, oh, that's so small. <laughs> you know, so a lot of people think that a uh, forest reserve has to be of a certain size, but not so in an urban environment. In an urban environment, every acre counts. And even a small forest like Shaan Community Forest can do so much in terms of uh, nature services, in terms of uh, space for the community to come, you know, and size and re rejuvenate. And more importantly is the fact that um, an urban forest is a teaching forest. It has the potential to be a teaching forest. It, it, it is the link. It's probably the only link that our children will have to the actual forest. Now, you don't have to travel a few hours uh, to some remote area to see the forest. You can see a natural rainforest 15 or 30 minutes away from where you live. Schools can access it. Uh, universities can access it for their research. In fact, uh, students from, from UITM actually did their research there. You know, in, here, I mean, it's the Shalom Community Forest. Uh, in their own backyard, you know. So, so that's why we really need to preserve this forest. Uh, we cannot discount it just because it's small. In fact, even more, we, we need to protect our little fragmented urban forest. Mm. And just to conclude, Alicia, how can the public get involved in this campaign? Yeah, so if you'd like to find out more about us, you can check out our Facebook group. You just search for Sha'alam Community Forest. And uh, we... It's a very lively group. So there's a lot of uh, updates and photos, you know. Uh, and also, we have a petition. Uh, you just Google Sha'alam Community Forest Petition and you'll find us. Uh, we have 
gathered over 66,000 signatures to protect this forest. Uh, we raised this, of course, we also mentioned this to the uh, panel at the MBSA hearing because, um, and that's the reason why we asked who, who actually wanted the road because here we have 66, over 1,000 people who don't want the road. You know, can you be that? <laughs> and if, if you can't uh, show me more people who want the road, then you have to listen to this 66,000 word people, you know. Otherwise, you know, you know, MBSA, they, they have been trusted by the community to design cities that will improve the well-being of people, you know. So we really hope that they, they do that. Hmm. And thank you so much for joining us today, Alicia. That was Alicia Teo, the founder and secretary of the Sha'alam Community uh, for a Society, filling us in on what happened at last week's public hearing organised by the Sha'alam City Council. Um, and that hearing was uh, to discuss the proposed road construction across the Sha'alam Community Forest. So, you know, if you're listening, do join the over 66,000 people who have signed the petition to save the, Sha- the Sha'alam Community Forest. Just head to change.org and search for Sha'alam Community Forest and make your voice heard. But you know, Suen, um, I think a lot of people are actually not aware mm. um, of these plans by the City Council. So, you know, uh, if you just go by our uh, Twitter poll, which is sort of just a dipstick survey to find in, find out, uh, you know, the awareness of these plans, uh, over 93% of you have said that you were not aware uh, that uh, these plans were in place to destroy two hectares of the forest, to build the road across it. Only 6.4% of you said that you were aware. Now, we have a few comments as well, which I'd like to read out. Um, Shamir Raza is lamenting, why so many roads? Are we building the city for the people or for the cars? Um, the people for who use the cars, I suppose. Um, uh, Esther uh, is uh, pretty irate as well. Esther says um, she's disgusted by the fact that our natural resources uh, seem to be you know, diminishing or being destroyed. Um, and she cited... Uh, also, the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve, uh, degazettment that's being planned as well. Um, she's also um, lamenting about the fact that our towns in Malaysia seem to be uh, so badly planned. And, uh, you know, it's the green spaces that end up being sacrificed uh, in the name of development. We also have... Um, uh, Ajib Kasa, who, who put a, uh, what would you call it, a face palm emoji, emoji in response um, to our poll. Um, uh, I, I feel you there, Ajib. <laughs> um, also, Arvin um, they commented to say, none of our voices will be heard, so there's no point having discussions about this matter. Well, I, I would say that, you know, it's important to make our voices heard, right? Because otherwise you are just um, allowing the people in charge to get away with Things mm. like, you know, degazetting forests, um, prioritising development over the little bits of green lung that we yeah. have left in our society. And I think like what Alicia said, right, it might seem small to certain people, but every little bit counts. It's already such a fragmented um we already have so many fragmented green areas and we can't allow those already fragmented ones to be further fragmented, right? Because <laughs> yes, it's, they, they play such a vital function, especially for the flora and fauna that we have left who are still calling these green lungs home. Yes, and if we don't speak up to protect that flora and fauna, I mean, who will, right? And, you know, just to reiterate, this area provides a sanctuary and it's an ecological corridor for wildlife in Sha'alam. It also helps to mitigate floods and uh, air pollution in its surrounding areas. 
is. So, you know, another good reason, right? Because we are constantly uh, and more and more being besieged by these kinds of problems, mm. uh, you know, as urban uh, uh, folk here. And uh, I think that, you know, just in response to Arvind, I think would be a great reason um, to make our voices heard. And of course, the forest provides pristine forest hiking trails, you know, for um, not only the nearby community, but people uh, from other areas who go there uh, to enjoy um, nature and to, to, to get that respite that we so badly need, right? It also helps to foster good community spirit because, you know, the trails are used and maintained by all. And it provides a safe and accessible avenue for urbanites, you know, young and old, to experience nature and really to learn how to care for it. Hmm. So, you know, if you'd like to find out more about this forest, which is right here in the Klang Valley, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Sha'alam Community Forest or really just look them up, um, look up Sha'alam Community Forest and you should find their Facebook group, you know, um, sign the petition and really, why not, you know, if you have time, take the time to go over and get on one of the hiking trails. Yeah. Um, so that's all the time we have for today's show. You can look us up on Facebook at BFM The Bigger Picture to drop us a message. But if you missed any part of today's show, you can download the podcast on bfm.my slash daily digest on the BFM app or on other podcast platforms. Now, coming up at 3 p.m. on Live and Learn, Dashan Johan will be speaking to two labor rights activists, Liva Sridharan and Sumita Shantini Kishna, about the truth behind forced labor here in Malaysia. So that is all from us here today. This has been the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.